0: Welcome, gals, girlies, to a very special episode. We are so excited by our guest today. We are longtime fans, as you all are, of the Be Me Up Softboy Instagram account. I think we've probably referenced it a million times. And the hidden anonymous creator is Anonymous No More. She's an amazing writer and columnist, Iona David, and her book, Is This Love or Dopamine, is coming out this week. So we've got her
2: here To answer all your burning questions. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome.
1: Lovely to be here. Thank you for having
2: me. (laughs) Wait, so when did you actually launch Beam Me Up Softboy?
1: Well, it was like four years ago, but um, it actually was at the end of my first failed softboy relationship. I literally just put two and two together. I thought they were completely unrelated, but like the dates are exactly aligned. Like that's 100% what it was.
2: (laughs) That's so funny. And like when you started the account, how quickly did you start getting submissions
1: oh so quickly like i i started it because i did it on my other instagram and i was like we were just messing around um getting my friend's ex-boyfriend to say weird shit over message and i screenshotted it and was like send in your stuff guys and people love it people love (laughs) to send in and like yeah it kind of just snowballed from there
0: i feel like it's the first time i'd heard the word soft boy like i assume you didn't create it but you maybe just popularized it
1: i didn't create it no it was very much like indie soft boy at the time like um i've spoken about this a lot but like when i first started the page it was it was just about like alternative men who like wore docs and like listened to records and shit like there was and it started being like let's showcase like the worst men ever um obviously <laughs> that's what it has become <laughs> so here we are
2: yeah so it's kind of timely that we're chatting and that your book's coming out now because it's been 10 years since Tinder started in September. Is it? It's been an entire decade and so the cut well, the reason I know this is cuz the cut has done an entire it's whole next issue is based on online dating, internet dating Tinder's 10 years. Really? Um, so perfect timing. Do you Yeah. remember life before Tinder? Were you an early
1: user? I actually remember Hot or Not. Do you guys remember that? No. It was Tinder. Like It was the same concept as Tinder, but it was like you press Hot or Not instead of swiping or whatever. But yeah, way too young to be on there. I was like 13, but I was loving it. <laughs> nice ingraining the, the beauty standards and all of that from young ages. We'd love to see that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I feel like when the internet, when all of these kind of, chat rooms and stuff were all taking off we were it was so unregulated because I think our parents had no idea of what was going on like I would I would be on those forums with my friends just pretending to be we would be like 13 14 speaking to like yeah. 50 year old men pretending to be women it was
1: just it was like a- actual chaos like <laughs> how the word was meant to be used like it was fucking ridiculous like yeah on Omegle at sleepover, that was just, like, the most fun thing to do What when I was, like, 11. Um, just, yeah, just chaos. <laughs> yeah,
0: We interviewed Caitlin Moran and she said that, like, this era, our generation's era of the internet was, like, the, the old Wild West because it, everyone has just been, like, feeling everything out in real time yeah. and it's just this crazy unregulated mess. And I kind of feel like that's what's happening now with... Dating, but just anything that's going on with human relations online, we're all kind of looking back now and being like, "Wait, that was really fucked up. That should change. This is weird." But yeah. at the time, we just didn't understand.
1: Honestly, we didn't understand at all. Um, but, like, there's no way of telling how it would have affected our brains at the time. But like, yeah, we, that was like key devel- developmental stages of our lives. We were literally like, at ten to like fourteen, like the most fucked up shit. So I don't <laughs> <to go> <laughs> like tumblr all of that stuff like yeah i talk about it in the book it's just com- it's it's completely mad um obviously like 10 to 14 year olds today have a completely different set of issues because like they've never not known it and that's gonna fuck them up in like a whole different way that we've not even thought about but um yeah it was it was definitely a time so, for sure. yeah.
0: <laughs> so do you remember your earliest like internet dating you know common usage of the apps like were you were you quite early on that what were your experiences with that
1: um, well, you wouldn't actually meet anyone from, I, I do remember Hot or Not and like the interface and then it like very quickly just like stopped. I reckon I must have had it for like six months, but that was just more of like a, you like see boys from your school and you're like, like it's like, it was, you were, I don't think I met up with anyone off it. Um, and then I think it was when I was like 16. that t- No, it must've been when I was 14 that Tinder showed up. To be fair, I made some friends on Tinder when I was like, 16 that I still have now, um, which is like the most wholesome use of the app. But yeah, yeah, um, it has just, but it's just how it is how it is now. That's my hot take. <laughs> People love online dating these days. Um.
2: <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Well, I saw a piece the other day saying that, um, kind of trying to examine why it is that we still feel ashamed to say or like part of us. Which I met my boyfriend on a dating app. But mm-hmm. it feels like you still feel funny when you say it to people or you kind of, like, laugh alongside it. And it's kind of interesting yeah. to interrogate why that is because for so many of us that's just, like, the reality now because everyone is perpetually online.
1: I feel like that's going to continue while, like, our parents – because, like, my parents were on, like, online – like, it's, it is, like, a thing to be ashamed of for that generation because mm-hmm. it's, like it – was so I think there was a period of time when it was just, like, a certain type of person um, – was, would go on the dating apps and like they didn't want to be associated with it. But I feel like the shame is going to go away, like as people, because it is just like it's kind of just moved online, and like there will be a point where people forget that it was ever a, like like there was ever any weirdness associated with it. But you're right, like it is weird, isn't it, when you meet a couple that's met on Hinge and they're like, oh, we met on Hinge. <laughs> it's I like, think maybe it's part fun. of it is even.
2: Um, <laughs> The fact that when you are online dating, it's just very blatantly putting yourself out there, which is like yeah. inherently just a bit. What's the word, Grace? Like not wholesome,
0: um, uh, er, like sincere or like earnest. earnest. Yeah, yeah, earnest. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Which is yeah. It- worthy. It's so earnest that it's that it's cringe. But then if you're cringe, you're free. So <laughs> <laughs> if you cringe, <laughs> if you're cringe,
0: you find love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's got to be done. It was funny. I was rereading, um, I don't know if you remember this, like in, I think it was in 2015, around when Tinder just started taking off Vanity Fair around a piece that Nancy Jo Sales wrote. And it, it reads really retro now, but it was really decrying Tinder and internet apps as like, Seamless or Uber Eats for sex and that it was really bad for, like, intimacy and relationships. And I kind of read it and it it felt so outdated, but then I did kind of wonder, like, I mean, this is a big question, but I don't know if you have feelings on whether it has been net negative or net positive (laughs) to have moved all our relationships so online.
1: I think that it's been net neutral. Mm. Like, I think that the... (sighs) oh I was I was literally thinking about this yesterday like it's a bit um it's a bit weird that the whole but like the whole world is turning online like that's just a thing that's happening and like it's just it's weird but like I've kind of made my peace with it because if I don't like I'll just be having a panic attack constantly so like everything's online so it makes sense that that should be online as well and I feel like there is a way that you can make a connection like you can go on Hinge or whatever and find someone who feels the same way as you about it. Um, and you can, I just, you, I feel like you can definitely make meaningful connections on it. I think what freaks me out is that it's so commercialized now, like this big company match group Inc is like in charge of all our relationships and they're like making money off it. That's what creeps me out. Like the fact that it's online is, it's like horrifying if you think about it in like a, the way that the world is going kind of way. But, that bit doesn't stress me out as much as the, like, yeah, the commercialized apps. Or
2: well, even the way it. that they trick you and, and like, if you're not, I don't know, for fr- friends of mine who have been in long-term relationships and then they get out of them and it's their first time online dating and you have to yeah. kind of explain to them all of the ways it works and, like, one of them, which is really sneaky and horrible, is how – I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I know this from experience is how like you go on it and Hinge or whatever will show you all of these hotties, like all these eligible, good looking guys. And you're just like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is great. And then very quickly they will disappear. And then if you go off the app for a bit and take a break and you come back on, I honestly feel like they show you, like, I think they have an algorithm where it's like the guys that are getting swiped, yes, the most They'll then like go show the you top. if you join the app for the first time or if you're like coming back after a hiatus. So then you get really excited yeah. and you think yeah, it's it all comes, amazing. Like, all world,
1: definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Like, obviously like, wanna keep f- you
2: on there. Like it's like that just makes complete sense. But
1: it makes sense, but it's still fucking weird. Like what like what you go into a bar like thirty years ago or whatever, like there wasn't any hire like horrible corporation like trying to mess with like your intimate like it's like the most intimate part of life it's like one of the only good but so why is there some massive company that's just like they're making so- and I didn't really it, it like pisses me off that hinge Sorry, I'm gonna go on like an anti-capitalist rant but it does annoy me that hinge and tinder are like owned by the same company because they're literally just like squaring it off they're branding it like um oh there's one that's for like hookups or whatever and then there's one that's for like love but it's like they're the same picture
2: (laughs) yeah I didn't actually know that until I read your book
1: yeah I mean I didn't yeah it's just um yeah
0: anyway so I'm getting angry that's what was the question no it's no but it's kind of part of the question because it's like we have like you say outsourced love and sex to these companies I actually saw a TikTok the other day that said on this exact topic that because these companies are optimizing for, like, growth, they want as many users on as possible, their algorithm is, like, not it's actually not set up for you to meet the most compatible person. I'm trying to remember how they worded it, but it's set up to match as many different people to as many people. So if there's someone that really suits you, but you also have four other people that kind of suit you, and there's a, like, girl over here that's got no one that suits her, they'll give her (laughs) your match because they they just want, like, as many users.
1: They, I think they want it to fail. It's sometimes, <laughs> But like, some, like if I talk about it like that, it's going to sound like I've just failed at it. So it's like, but they, you do sometimes think about how like, yeah, they want you to stay on the app. Like what are they doing? Like I feel like as well, there's such a big like loss in like, because it's so shallow, like it's so shallow. It's all pictures. Like in Tinder, like let's, there's a few problems or whatever, but like it's all pictures. Like the amount of people that you, like swipe left on because they have bad pictures like surely there's a way that they can do dating profiles that are like slightly more like have a bit more depth than than that like i know but then they
2: introduced the um voice oh no no there's no No. way (laughs) way i I hate it so much my friend did one and i was like you must you must delete that immediately
1: oh my god it's absolutely it's completely unacceptable (laughs) i really hate it i really hate it like Especially because men talk so close to the microphone as well. And they're like, <laughs> hi. And it's like, <sighs> oh, my God. gives
2: me the biggest ick ever.
1: Honestly.
2: Okay, so taking it back to the central part of why we're all here today, soft boys, um, so for the listeners who are lucky enough to kind of have avoided him thus far, can you just do the honor of – I know in the book you define there's a lot of different kind of genres of soft boy <laughs> – um but could you define a soft boy as a whole
1: soft boy as a whole in his his current definition um is seen as like a a man who presents himself alternatively and in in the way that he dresses and like the things that he reads and like he might listen to like vinyl instead of like spotify or whatever um that's like the more superficial stuff and then like the stuff that gets highlighted a lot is how they like are kind of self self-proclaimed emotionally aware and um, they use this like so-called awareness to like kind of talk to the people that they're trying to sit are they're, they're basically just trying to fuck people over but they're trying to do it in a way that's like kind of sneaky and makes you think that they're like not like the other men or whatever and it's just like yeah, on the worst end of the soft boy spectrum, they can be just like straight up emotionally abusive, but that's only a small part of them. But those are the ones that get brought up the most, obviously.
0: The best thing, I, so my own soft boy experience that made me understand what it was so immediately was I remember being in university. I was studying like film studies and I was at a party yeah. and some guy goes. That's like a soft boy. Yeah, it was a, that's soft, a soft girl. Boy. So, of course, that's Yeah, true. and this yeah. this guy was, like, um, I just remember so clearly my brain him being like, guys, this chick reckons she could name more Quentin Tarantino movies than me. Oh. And I was like, A, there's, like, six. <laughs> this was, like, 2010. <laughs> B, that's, like, it was just so – and I just think about that all the time because there is this, like, not to make it serious, there is such a, a like – misogyny in the way so many of these men talk because they're talking no, about honestly, the most mainstream things and they think that they're
1: like that is gods. that is a classic yeah. soft boyism and it's good to like so I feel like the soft boy can best be described in like examples rather than like I don't know I struggle to define him mm. like quite a lot but um yeah that's just the fucking game like it's yeah it's misogynistic they're like oh there was one there's one text that got sent in that was like uh, I've never met a woman who likes Radiohead in my life. and it's like I just saw literally... that. I think I
2: just saw that in your book. I was laughing Honestly, so much.
1: They're the most popular band, like, probably ever. Like, just to <laughs> fucking take it down a <laughs> lot. Like, yeah, no, it is misogynistic. Um, different levels of misogyny. But, um, yeah. I wonder what that thing yeah.
0: is where, like, even with, I even think about things that are considered alternative, like the Beatles or Nirvana or, um, like, I know Tame Impala is a modern one that everyone talks about. And I, I just yeah. don't understand that disconnect of them equally being the most famous, widely regarded no. by everyone thing, and then people also that's thinking that
1: unconscious. That's the thing. So that's like. I I do talk about this in my book, and like I think my editor told me to cut this chapter because I I got like very weirdly into it. I think I was in my room with a lot of post its like trying to come up with this theory about like it's like mainstream alternativeness. So you have like Jewel Lipa for example, who is like mainstream. So say like thirty percent of people listen to her, and then the other seventy percent are like want to be away from the mainstream, so they all end up listening to Tame Parlour, which makes them more popular anyway like it's just like yeah it's just not it's yeah it's not as um it's not as niche as these soft boys some of these soft boys think and it's just so funny when they're just like wait what you've heard of Mac DeMarco? Or like, or they're like, oh, I feel like, there was one that was like, I feel like I'm the only person who actually understands Mac DeMarco. I feel like they have this like, which I understand, like you have an emotional connection to like these artists, like fine, but um, other people are allowed to have that too. <laughs> or also other people are allowed to listen casually. I just find it really funny how they just
2: think they're so unique. Like it's, it's this kind mm. of narcissism, and oh, this no. crazy main character energy of just thinking that like they're the first people that ever discovered music
1: oh my um, god I know it's childish like it is actually childish I know that because like yeah I don't know if you read in the book I really I, read, I had a similar thing when I was like 11 and I heard only girl in the world by Rihanna on the radio and I was like <laughs> oh my god this is incredible like and also I'm the only person who's heard it because like Oh God, I don't even know. I was just a child, and I didn't realize that like it's the radio, and everyone can hear it. And then, like two weeks later, everyone started listening. I was like, "Ugh, yeah." Like I actually knew this before it was cool, um but I was eleven, and like these men are like grown adults. <laughs> like,
2: Come on. Yeah. Um, so in the book, you go into like different soft boy categories. So there's oh, the wholesome soft boy, the self awareness as a weapon soft boy, the gatekeeping soft boy, other than the actual like abusive soft boy what would you say is mm. the worst kind of soft boy to encounter um
1: uh they're, they're, yeah like they're all just irritating in their <laughs> own unique way um but yeah i mean God, i've actually i've actually forgotten most of what i've what i've written <laughs> like, i'm trying to think of what categories <laughs> i get yeah um I would, that would say me if I it, wrote a
2: book yeah.
1: <laughs> also I've kind of like I have a lot of strong opinions in that book about like specific emojis and stuff and I've actually kind of just like backtracked on all of them since I've written it like i just frequently use all of the emojis that I slagged off in that book like <laughs> complete 180 um but worst kind of soft boy is uh, the ones that talk down to you, that's a really dry answer. I ju- actually just can't think at the moment. But there are some that just, like, oh, they're just, yeah, they're just just—they're just irritating. Like, let's come back to that one. i have a thing. Yeah. Do you
0: think – have you heard any – okay, so Be Me Up Stuff is obviously so based around submissions. A, number one, do you do anything to – I mean, they all seem so real. Do you just, like – take them on face value do you feel like anyone's ever tried to send you fake ones to try and get covered
1: oh I feel like there's no way that I've posted for them for that long and like none of them are being fake but I do try and like I do try and have a look at like just I try and think about like the context I don't know it's then like, yeah there's no way that there are a couple of fake ones on there but um I don't, I don't, you know I have no way of vetting these things so yeah no, like, they all feel real
2: <laughs> they all feel real and they're all funny a listener of our podcast has been featured
1: oh really
2: yeah it's on yeah, my phone rough. she sent it to I me do... um so oh, they it's said not a
1: soft boy.
2: hey no it's a girl was it's that... a victim of a soft boy it's a victim <laughs> of a <soft> boy. <laughs> sorry a okay, victim I was
1: yeah gonna
2: say, you need to <laughs> change your circle <laughs> <laughs> so she said what's no, they said to her, what's wrong with the blueberries? And then she said, apart from the awful flavour, I think Violet Beauregard is evidence enough. And then he said, what an obscure reference, but it just means you're culturally aware, and I dig I
1: remember
2: it. I that one. <laughs> and then, yeah, you,
1: you wrote Manic Pixie blue Girl. <laughs> the, um The... Yeah, what an obscure reference to, like, the most popular children's movie, one of the most popular children's books and movies ever written. Like, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny. Um,
0: but I was going to ask, yes, that was sorry, that was a long-winded way of me asking, have you ever had anyone message you but it's they've actually ended up being, like, a nice boy or they've ended up dating a soft boy or, like, any soft boy love stories gone right? Because some of them are quite kind of wholesome. Oh, 100%.
1: 100 some of them are wholesome i don't post so many wholesome ones on there but like most of the ones that i don't post so i'll post like one in a hundred and most of the ones that i don't post i don't post them because i'm like this is fine and like you're like it just seems like a normal relationship to be. like i don't know there are some there was like there's never been a soft boy angry message it'd be uh being like take it down or maybe like once or twice but um, what happens most often is the, girl, the whoever sent it in will message me saying, like, take it down like he's seen it and, like, I take it back, like, I don't want him to see it, I don't want him to think it. And, if, and then, like, yeah, no, I do get people re-messaging me being, like, we're actually in a relationship now. And then sometimes, even, like, a year after that, they'll message me being, like, yeah, we broke up. It's, like, <laughs> it's mad. I have, like, a full-on Richard Linklater film, like, playing out in my DMs. Like, it's just, you can see, like, it's mad. Yeah. It's mad. A soft boy wedding that you can officiate? <laughs> oh my god, yes, I Haven't handful about that. But um, maybe I should start offering my services. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's a very elusive you industry. Yeah. yeah,
0: so funny. Have you learnt any, or do you have any advice for someone in terms of like avoiding bad soft boys in their dating lives? Early red flags? Like, what's your take?
1: maybe i should do like a list of red flags yeah. i feel like through like following the account and stuff you could or just it's just good to have like know your values and know what you would consider a red flag and then the crucial bit is to like not ignore it because like emotions come into it very quickly and if you ignore the red flags soon like there'll be more red flags and then you won't be able to ignore them because your emotions would be in the better of you which just happened to me like a million times like just if someone starts to piss you off like there are a million other soft boys out there there are so many like we've seen that there are so many like just uh move on and like cut it off that's it that sounds really that sounds really harsh but i think um i've managed to avoid since like since i've kind of adopted that strategy of stuff that i've learned through the page and stuff i've kind of managed to avoid. like there are just people who are just time wasters and like, i know that they can be fit but like <laughs> it's not worth
2: it. <laughs> um i was trying to think so like obviously timothy chalamet has been poised as like the face of the soft boy yeah but, but i'm trying to think of like what woman what female what woman celebrity would be a soft girl would it be like um, someone, someone artsy. I mean, Saoirse Ronan's popping into my head, but just because of ladybird I literally but... was about to say the exact
0: same thing. I was like, all I can think of is Saoirse Ronan, but it has to. Be I know because they were in a movie I? together. Yeah, the thing is with women is like we're so much less likely to be arrogant about like we're just the opposite. We we never be. I think
2: Cara Delevingne is like weirdly a bit of a soft girl. Mm. Oh
0: yeah, she, she's,
2: or, she's or it's kind of like a pick me. In my brain, it's like a pick me girl, or like I'm not like the other girls. Yes, girl. The, the girl. girl are like... now in um, 500
1: days of summer, definitely a soft boy. Soft yes. girls. Yes. I just like I find it I don't know. I'm I'm actually just like I'm actually kind of done with just like branding branding like soft I don't know. I just end up talking so much about how soft boys are bad and like about like the the like depths of emotional abuse and like it's it's really bad and like soft soft girls can be abusive and like every, like I'm just like I know it sounds really reductive but like that's not like I'm happy to try and help with that stuff but like that's not why I really started the page because I thought it was funny and like that's one <laughs> I'm, like I'm so to say a soft like I would definitely call myself a soft girl like I'm so loose with the definition of soft boy I would I would say it covers all genders. It covers like good people, bad people. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm trying to categorise, like, think of who the poster soft girl and soft boy would be. Because I don't think Timothy Chalamet would be the poster soft boy. Sorry, I'm actually going on a rant here. But like, Timothy Chalamet is, you know, like, if I say to a guy like, oh, you're such a soft boy, I don't mean it in a bad way but they will be like, oh, that's really bad. Do you know what I mean? They'll be mm-hmm. like, they'll take it really personally. So I'm like, clearly my definition of a soft boy is not what other people think it is. Um, so I don't want to brand Timothy Chalamet as like a soft boy if, it, if he thinks that that means that I'm calling him emotionally abusive because I'm not like, I'm just judging people based off what they wear, in which case that is Timothy Chalamet.
2: Yeah, but I think the way the internet brands him as a soft boy is in, like, a lovable way. That's kind of in the yeah. way that you're would that you talking about because everyone still wants to fuck him, but they're like, he obviously reads them poems.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah you God. might have to cut that bit. Sorry, that was such a disjointed
2: <laughs> No, so fine. You have a chapter in the book about ghosting. Obviously, kind of an essential part to include if you're talking about online dating – and then you said mm. that your editor told you you needed to include it, but at the time you were like, I don't actually know what to say. And then miraculously, yeah. at a perfect time, you got ghosted.
1: Got ghosted really savagely, yeah. <laughs> um, that was rough in terms of, like, for anyone who's listening who hasn't read the book, I got ghosted by this guy who I was talking to on and off for, like, a good few years. Um, but we were meant to meet-up, and that I took, like, three minutes weeks to reply which it's fine in my opinion like sometimes you take a while to reply but he just didn't reply at all so I got yeah properly ghosted for the first time and I got so stressed out that I sent him an email which was really tough in terms of like accepting myself as a person like after I've done (laughs) the amount of times I have ripped men to shreds for doing that on the soft boy page I literally did it myself is what I'm saying like um we're all bit hypocritical at the end of the day um but yeah, wouldn't recommend it as a method. Didn't feel any better after doing it. Still ghosted <laughs> on appetite. <laughs> Did he reply? No. No, I'm. I I felt like I had to edit that story quite a fair bit as well because my editor was like, "This is too real," and I'm like, "You might sue us for being included. <laughs> or you'd have to get. His. You're like, it's I can like, you, have to get him at John at blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Yeah. She was like, we might need his written permission to include this story. And I was like, I would fucking get it if I could. But it's boring (laughs) to me. So I'm going to have to change. (laughs) You follow up that email,
0: just chasing up. I'd also, like, written permission to publish this whole exchange in a book. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This is the problem with the internet is, like, the etiquette around, like, I have ghosted and felt really guilty about it. And then also, obviously, being ghosted and being, like, hung up about it. Um, and even in the book, Mm. obviously you go into like like very funny um, you know, detail about like different emojis and what we can like deduce from them. But there is this thing with online conversations when you're dating where you're trying to figure out like not if you're gonna marry this person, but if you want to spend time with them or maybe sleep with them and you have so little information to go Mm. of. And then you meet them and you have what feels Mm. like a really maybe meaningful either online or real life experience but then it's so easy to just not reply to a message like it's it's blurred the lines of I don't know normal polite society
1: yeah genuinely and it's like yeah it's just like you could just end a connection just like that but I feel I feel like people get ghosted and they do ghost so like if we're taking a really bleak view of society like that could just be the way that things are going like you just don't even need to say buy anymore you can just stop interacting it's just like I mean I wonder why people ghost like it is it is mad how much we are expected to like communicate online like it's so convenient and I get that but like having to like being always it's like, it's like your door always being open to everyone in the world all the time and like you have to like get, get back to them it can get overwhelming so maybe ghosting is like a stress response I don't know maybe I'm just trying to make myself feel better for it doing it occasionally
0: you know I went out with a guy to, like a comedy concert and like everything about it was just it wasn't even terrible like you know how sometimes average is worse than terrible where it's just like nothing like the whole time and I was just like scared <sighs> they were going to pick on us for audience participation that he just dropped me home and he just sent me like a really innocuous message it just felt easier it just got to a point where it felt easier to not text than text, which I think is easy. It's easy to feel like that about other people. And then it's very hard to visualize someone feeling like that about you. (laughs) Cause you're like, wait, I'm the most important person in the universe. How could they not text me?
1: No, it's so true. And it is, it is just sad. Like everything is, all of this communication is so easy. um, That like, it is just like, we just love shit being easy now. So it's like, it's easier to not talk, um, so we'll just do that. Maybe we're becoming a more selfish society. No, actually no. Surely not. <laughs> Definitely. Maybe. <Also, are>. <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs> I think it's um I think the the problem with with online dating is is kind of that mentality of just like there always being someone else there or like Just that continuous swipe thing. You go on a date, you don't really put much time or energy in. And I don't know, I feel like I'm very big on that feeling either being there or not. Like, I don't think you should have to really work really hard to find it with someone if it's just not there. But I think that we can just be so quick to judge now and so quick to write people off because the next person is already there to message us or something. Like, Mm. so many times I've like matched with someone and been like, oh, They seem cool. They seem into the same stuff as me. Our conversation's fine. And then literally, like, we'll swap to WhatsApp or whatever. And then you have a chat on WhatsApp that night. And then you wake up the next morning. And I'm just like, for some reason, I don't know why, but just deep in my soul, I know that I just never want to speak to Henry again. Like, I just can't be bothered. No,
1: but that's so fair. Like, the sheer quantity of people that are on these dating apps, it'd be like walking down the street and talking to, like, every man that you saw. Like, obviously, most of them are going to be uh not your cup of tea like that's just yeah. how it goes but it's wild how many conversations you can get into like the amount of numbers that you have saved on your phone at the end of it all that's like Dan hinge but, <laughs> but Hinge afterwards oh my god
2: my last date before i met my boyfriend who i met on a dating app was with this guy called dan dan mm. hinge saved on my phone and he obviously goes we had like this Remember, Grace, we had some really boozy night out? Yes, and And he he, was the really –
0: was he really handsome? Was that the one that you were, like, not intimidated, but he was, like, very on-paper handsome?
2: Oh, no, no, no. So there were two. (laughs) The one that was very on-paper handsome was the most boring person I've ever met in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Never trust a handsome man. I've said it once, (laughs) and I'll say it again. (laughs) Yeah. And then the other one was just, like, a naughty, naughty fuckboy mm-hmm. who the next day we went on a date, kissed somehow in my drunken haze. I ended up back at his house. And then I, like, left because I was just like, what am I up to? <laughs> left, went home, ghosts me. No, ghosts me for, like, a week, then ticks me out of the blue. I don't reply. So he unmatches me on hinge and then blocks me on whatsapp i was like all right dan that is very temperamental from dan. I was just like i'm not going to like you don't need to block me i'm the one not texting you back
1: you can just block someone and then you're like well now i've blocked you so but um yeah. <laughs> you block the email guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll never be possible. able to email
2: me again <laughs>
1: Oh, man, I'm way too liberal
2: with the button. Are you? That's funny. Someone, um, my friend went out on a date. This is, like, perhaps the most horrific dating story I've heard in a while. She went out on a date recently with a guy, thought it went well, got back, and the only way they'd been communicating was through Hinge. Like, they hadn't, for some reason, swapped to numbers yet. Gets back from the date, walks inside. So he dropped her off in a car. She closes the car door. She walks the, like, 20 feet to her door. She opens it up. Her housemate says, how how was the date? She says it was really good. Her housemate says, show me him. She goes to pull up his hinge profile. Gone.
1: That's just a power power play. He fucking
2: unmatched her by the time she had walked in to show. And, like, imagine going to show your housemate. Like she didn't even discover this alone. She discovers this trying to show her housemate his profile. They had unmatched her. I was like, "You belong in jail."
1: Who is he doing this for? Like, is he? Does he think that like his boys will be like, "Fucking sick, bro." Like, well done. Like, you really won that one. And also, that's such a, like I'm, it's just such a weirdly unique feeling that I'm sure like anyone who's Ugh. been dating in our our generation will relate to. Like, it's just the like.
2: Ugh. that stomach sinking it's making it happen to me now like mm-hmm. it's making my stomach yeah. sink and I feel like sick and I feel anxious and sad because I'm like that feeling it's of just horrible. being like oh my god what is wrong with it's me hard.
1: like it's just like yeah no it's 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 such a downer I wonder if there's like any equivalent of like past generations dating or if it's just like a uniquely internet sensation of like this well, is just-
2: I guess past generations was like they would write each other letters and promise to be at the, the
1: altar. altar? At, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, or promise to meet at some place at a certain time. And like we saw yeah. on Before Sunrise or whatever the first yeah. film in that series was, sometimes they don't meet you there. Yeah. I loved that it was her.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it could have been for any reason, like, that he didn't show up at that train yeah he like died and
2: at war or something it wasn't just
1: unmatches you on hinge like that's very clear That's a very clear message
0: it's almost like i feel like as a person who is bad with errands i almost feel like he was like oh better do this while i'm still thinking of it before he drove off like, you know, with, with us with deadlines, how we're like, okay, if I don't do it now, I'll leave it so late. So he just, like, did it while it was in his mind.
1: I'll answer ADHD, guys. Let's give him a break. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's anxiety about Yeah, stress. I just, yeah. I'm trying to think of what my worst, I mean, that guy blocking me on WhatsApp was pretty funny. But I'm trying to think of my worst soft boy experiences i mean obviously like when you first start dating someone you want to seem unique and different and special yeah yeah. we all do
1: it i'm so guilty of it especially when i was younger like and just like i get i get accused of soft boy shit all of the time like people on the soft boy account like i can't believe you wrote a book like that's the most soft boy shit ever (laughs) (laughs) it is Um what is my worst software story? Um, this is less software I'm more just like genuinely concerning in like a and like a very like human level, but this guy I was on a date with was like uh, listen to me, I own it. you think of a drug right think like name a drug. I've done that drug. <laughs>
2: drug chat. I was going, oh, my God. Drug chat is, like, the most soft boy thing of that all time. That is the time. worst. That might be the worst
0: one. That's, like, I went on that date with that guy and he was, like, I, we were five minutes in. He was, like, 20 years older than his picture and I was, like, I just need to, like, get out of here. And I just remember, yeah. like, coming to and him being, like, yeah, anyway, I ordered some, like, heroin on the Silk Road and then I got addicted to it. And I was, like, what is, ha- like, what is happening? Oh, if you ordered someone
1: the silk, that's literally what he like, said. Yeah, I read he, this he said he was, like like he was living in Prague. <laughs> Prague.
0: Yeah, <laughs> back in my day, it was like the actual Silk Road <laughs> from the like 1920s. <laughs> uh, terrible. Yeah, yeah, the drug thing is the worst. But any drug chat is just always insufferable. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it was
1: just it was just really sad to be honest. Um, but. <laughs> It's <laughs> also quite funny. <laughs> it's funny actually now I'm thinking about it
0: because it's like, it's like, not to overly gender it, but I think so much of the soft boy stuff comes from like men being so kind of coddled by society and taught that they're, they rule the world that they don't have that like self doubt thing. So they feel like they can say all this stuff because they haven't yeah. been questioned. And like, what would women be like if we hadn't been told by society, like, our interest is stupid, what we like is stupid. Like, if we didn't have that, we would, we yeah. would probably be exactly the same and think we were cool yeah. for liking Tame Impala.
1: Honestly, it's just ridiculous.
0: I love it. Um, so the last thing I wanted to ask was, I'm just always curious for writers who write about things adjacent to, like, dating and sex and this kind of thing is, like, do you feel – pressure to bring your own personal experiences into it and like what does that look like and do you ever have like vulnerability hangovers where you'll share something and then regret it or like how did you think about that with the book
1: I don't I actually think I don't worry about that enough like I will just like slate people who maybe don't even deserve to be slated but I'll just like what's in my book because I'm like (laughs) yeah fuck you in terms of like actually being like actual I don't feel, I don't feel bad about bringing my own experiences into it because then like when you share your experiences, if someone else hears it and is going through like the same thing or reads it and is going through the same thing, like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it it feels worth it. And I've always been like a very open book. I had a, I had a meme page, uh, when I was younger, uh, where I made like quite, <laughs> quite, quite shockingly, uh, open memes about everything and it doesn't really the only thing that bothers me is if i meet someone in real life and then like they know all of that stuff like it's a bit of a weird one when they they know so much about you but um yeah i just don't really stress about it because if i stress about one more thing in my life i I just won't make it
2: i think about that with us having a podcast so like Mm. when we started the podcast we both were in long-term relationships and then i broke up with my boyfriend And then was single and then was like talking openly about just like being really depressed and all this stuff. And then I was like, God, if I'm going to meet someone and they go in and listen to this every day, like like, for some reason when I talk to – obviously because us recording the podcast is like two best friends chatting to each other. And then plus we've kind of got this community of like really amazing listeners. So it doesn't feel like you're – I don't know. It doesn't really feel like you're saying – everything you are saying
1: like if the person that you're meeting afterwards hears the podcast and like doesn't understand that like in the period after a bad breakup like you're gonna want to fucking talk about it and you might be a bit like you know it's I think it's healthy to just sometimes be like yeah I wish that um that like I hope like a bird shits on his car or something like it's not the most productive thing but it helps like to just get it out um and I think yeah, it's just a, it's just it's just a good thing to talk about these things. Yeah.
2: Are you online dating now?
1: I am online dating now, um, but it's a bit of a weird one because I'm in I'm like sofa surfing around a lot of different places. Um, so I didn't I did not think that through when I started the whole process, and yeah, now I'm moving. So yeah, but I know I do still online date. And I've I've had many different techniques of online dating. Like, if you're trying to be a bit of a slag, then you go about it in a different way. To if you're trying to like actually meet someone, like I've it's actually really is really sad. Like when I was just like, I was just like wanted a bit of an ego boost or whatever. I was a bit younger, and I was like, God, I I have this theory that guys don't like it on dating apps when girls like have personality like there are some guys obviously that will like it but most but like the major, like you'll match with more people if you just put like really vapid stuff in your like hinge quote hinge prompt. So I think I just put like emojis love island and my instagram and I was just matching with everyone because they were like <laughs> okay well I can put whatever I want to on her like um I don't have to put up with whatever she thinks she is because I can just make her like whatever I want. Mm.
2: Mm. <laughs> so interesting.
1: Yeah, but now I changed it to just, like... I just mess around on it. Um,
2: are you and, on yeah, H- you do What me- ones are you on?
1: I'm on Hinge. Tinder, I fucking... Uh, don't. Don't. I don't fuck with Tinder anymore. I might... Maybe it'll have a renaissance soon, but um, it's just every two seconds, they're like, oh, you like, you've got a secret admirer, and it just... I just want to, <laughs> oh, it's like, it's like a game. I don't want that to be like an outbreak. <laughs> I'm just like, let me swipe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't used Tinder since, like, the dawn of <laughs> the internet. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was on, like, Hinge. Field is apparently now where a lot of my friends are.
1: Field. Field is where the
2: hotties are apparently, but it's also just, it's also like massively for um,
1: yeah.
2: sex-based activities.
1: Yeah, there's a lot like that. I'm thinking maybe like, John, I really hope that speed dating comes back at some point because that looks really fun to me.
2: I went, I did a speed dating event once. Um, As in like
1: you went to it. Or you hosted it
2: no like oh mm, I mean a bit of both basically my friends were hosting it and I went along as a participant um but was kind of just like not super serious about it but I was thinking the other day there actually was <laughs> a missed connection there actually was one person that I matched with who was really cool but we just never ended up like hanging out afterwards we were gonna go I don't know what we were go- I think part oh, I can't remember something to do with the ocean the ocean maybe gonna go to the ocean (laughs) (laughs) i love that vague and hazy but very sweet story (laughs) an excellent (laughs) note to end on thank you so much for coming on the pod and for blessing us with your time thanks so much guys
1: okay bye. Bye. bye bye